probably ever you're ever going to hear, uh, because this message is about 98% to the women. Amen. We just, we just decided we were going to preach to the greatest need. And uh, no, but this is about 98% to the, to the women today. And uh, it's going to sound like it's to married women, but, it, but it's not. I hope I'll make that clear uh, as we go into this. But why don't you go to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. What we're going to talk about is the creation of man. You said, I thought just talking to the women. It is. Uh, and you'll see how and why here in a minute. But Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We're just going to read two verses. And there's a lot more you could read in here. But Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, and if you're having trouble finding Genesis, <laughs> God bless you. And, uh, but Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says that God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you to guide my mind and my thoughts. And, and I yield myself to thee. And the, the old body and mind is a little bit weary from the travels and the, and the speaking out of town and different things that have gone on. But, but Lord, I pray right now that you would fill me with your spirit, with your strength, with your energy, with your guidance. And Spirit of God, that you would move through this room and wrap your arms around it as a mighty hedge of protection. And Lord, that your spirit of would move through the room to just to open the ears of, of people that, that might be helped by what's said here today. And dear God, I believe this will help. I really do. And I believe you put it on my heart uh, because it, it, it's a need and that it will, will help. So Lord, I pray that please that you would guide my mind, my thoughts, and Spirit of God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you turn back every enemy that would try to steal away the truth, that would try to, uh, uh, to blind the eyes and ears of, of our people. Lord, I need you, and I ask you to work here this morning in mighty power. In Jesus' name, amen. God created man, body, soul, and spirit. And God is the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so in the same image, we're both triune in, in that sense. And God created man to have dominion over the creatures of the earth. God also created man, and, and the, if we had time to study it, we'd find out God created man. Uh, the primary purpose for the creation of man, you see in chapter 2 and chapter 3, is that God created man to work. And that that work, whatever kind of work that is, that work would be done for God. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of business you're in, what kind of work that you do, that work still should be done for God. Amen. Everything, when, when I, I first came into the ministry, I was a, I was a police officer. I was a police officer. And, uh, 
the fact is, is that when I, when I went to work, I prayed that God would help me to find some young person, especially back then. I worked with the youth in our church, and I wanted to find young people. And God gave me the opportunity uh, to, to witness, and, uh, and I really didn't know much about soul winning, but I was, I was trying to make a difference in the lives of the people. I didn't want to just be a police officer. I wanted to be somebody that made a difference in somebody's life. And you know, I don't care if you're a bricklayer, layer, or or if you're a plumber, or if what kind of you know construction you do, or what you are doing it for God. And 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 you know, I I went through, I started to list all of them, and I and I, but I got to lawyer, and I realized they can't do that for God. But they, <laughs> but um, God created a man. Watch this now. God created a man to need a woman. You know, God is omniscient. You know, that means God knows everything, and he knows everything in advance. So he didn't create man and then suddenly realize he needed a woman. He didn't do that. God created man needing a woman. Ladies, we need you. You know, I don't know if you understand this, but if, if it wasn't for you ladies, we wouldn't be here. We need you. We need you. I... I'm, I'm more empty today. Uh, I, I, I'll struggle for the next couple of weeks. I don't know if any of you have realized that so far. Uh, but when she's gone, I, I struggle. I, I, because I need her. There's a part of me that's missing. It, because God created there an emptiness there inside of me and created a need inside of me. And I need that woman. I need her. I needed the woman called my mama. I needed her. I needed her. And so uh, the, this message that I'm going to preach about this morning, it's not just to married. It's to if you're a sister and you have a brother, if you're a mama and have a son, uh, this is it's to women and, and, and what great influence that you can have. God created a woman to be the helpmeet to a man. God created woman to be the helpmeet to a man. And, and, and look, help me, you've probably heard this before, but help me, there's one word. And, and what it really means, God created man to work, to work for God, and to walk with God. That's what God created man to do. That's the primary purpose of man, to, to work, to work for God, and to walk with God. And you know what God did? God created a helpmeet, a woman for that man, took him out of the rib of man, created him for that man to go back and complete that man. But watch this, so that she could help him be what God created him to be. To help him in his Better term, you know, his dominion over the earth. To help him in the work God had given him. To help him walk with God by walking with God herself. Do you know that more my wife walks with God, that the stronger I become? The more she prays for me and prays for others, prays for our family, the stronger I am and the more confident I am in God. The, this was God's creation and God changes not. And this is what we've got to understand. This way God started it all and it still continues that way. So here's the question. What happened to man? What has happened to us? Well, there's a thing called Evolution. But it's not like we think. You see, man began to evolve, but man began to desire to change his purpose. 
He began to, to evolve into a man who lived for self-purpose. And a man began to evolve, but not to a greater state, but to a lesser state. And this evolution was not physically, this evolution was spiritually and mentally and emotionally Man began to desire to change his purpose. In reality, man began to de-evolve. A man digressed. He became, a, he became, in many instances, a ruler rather than a leader. A man, as man digressed, he, became, uh, he began to worship self rather than worshiping God. Amen. He began to walk in self-reliance rather than walking with God for spiritual guidance. He began to walk in rationalism rather than walk in faith. And you know, the truth is, is that I, I talk to a lot of people about the life of faith, and most people really have no comprehension of what faith is. And I'm not saying I fully comprehend what God wants us to do and live by faith, but I'm telling you, most of us have really no comprehension. The most common statement I get from people when I talk to them about a life of faith, they will say to me, that does not make sense. And I'll think, Exactly. Don't you understand? That's what faith is. It doesn't make sense. Now, what happened to woman? She saw the example of man and began to follow his example. She became self-reliant and self-absorbed. She, de she desires to rule as man was created to rule. What is the great need today? It is that women would see again the great need of man and fill it. Man existed because of a creator. He still needs his creator. Now, now this is where it's going to get, uh, hopefully you ladies understand where I'm heading here, but God created man. Man has begun to, in a sense, the best term, to de-evolve. Man has begun to remold himself into, into a cre creation that is not what God created for him to be. And watch, what, God, what he, man needs today, what most women don't realize, is that woman, moms, sisters, and wives can also create a man. Hold on your seat now you got a great job. The word create is to really is to mold. God took the, the dust of the ground and he molded it into, the, into a, the body of a man. But you know, man has reshapen himself to a great extent. Woman has the incredible power and influence to reshape him back to what God wanted him to be. The influence can be subtle or, or aggressive. The, the, the influence that a woman has over a man can be subtle or it can be aggressive. I guess my question is, ladies, what kind of man are you creating? And I know you think, well, wait a minute, I don't have a man. You know, every woman's got a man somewhere in their life. Whether it's a daddy, whether it's a, a, a husband, whether it's a, a son, or whether it's a brother, or somehow there's, there's a man that's in your life. And, listen, and I, I beg you to listen to this. Okay, it's the best illustration I can give you. Anybody ever seen a little boy? Would you raise your hand for me? I just, I'm trying to find out if you're functioning out here. Watch this now. You tell me if it's not true. Every little boy says, Mama, watch. Watch me, Mama. Watch me, Mama. Watch me, Mama. Watch me, Mama. 
and doesn't matter what he's doing. He can be throwing a ball. He can be turning a somersault. He can be catching a fish. He can be, he can be doing anything, but listen to me. He's going to do it longer. He's going to do it better. He's going to, he doesn't want to do it unless mama is watching. Does anybody else know that? It's just all the time. Listen, he would run into a wall if mama would watch him do it. And watch this. If he ran to the wall and she said, oh, that's wonderful, honey, he would run into the wall again. He just wants the approval of mama. He, he just, he's seeking the approval of mama. Anybody realize this? That little boys become big boys? We don't, we don't ever really grow up. Been married for 39 years. Hey, Joe Beth, watch this. John out here has talked me into playing softball on Monday nights. 50 and older league. Now, let me just tell you something. There's nothing to watch out there. Okay? Unless you really enjoy watching people that can't bend over. If you really enjoy watching people that when they swing the bat, they fall down. If you really enjoy watching people who stumble over home plate. <laughs> That's all right. The week before he stumbled over home plate, I was running in. The play was going to be close, and I couldn't decide whether to slide, whether to run through it, whether. To, and so I just belly flopped right on it. <laughs> now, listen, the only time I've done anything, I, one time in the last 10 years, I knocked a home run. I mean, knocked it out of a 300-foot fence. Come on now. You know when that was? When my daughters and my grandkids and my family came to watch one night. And I'm walking up to the plate and they're going, come on, Pop-Pop, hit a home run. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That was a long time ago, you know. That's not going, no, that ain't happening. But as I walked up there, I thought, yeah. And listen, they threw that. I, it went out. It was the most incredible. I got it on video. Amen? Now look, we seek the approval of the women in our life. In that case, it was my daughters. I, it meant so much to me that my little girls believed that I could still knock one. When a man grows in size, this little boy, he never leaves. For every feat he performs, he still seeks the approval for what he has been able to do. You know, when I speak, you know, Joe Beth has to go and do junior church and different things. But every week when she's out of the service, I'm saying to her, you, you, you've got to come back in. You've got, you got to find a way to get back in the service. Do y'all know why that is? Y'all very kind to me, and you'll tell me, you know, that's a nice sermon. But I've got to have her 
lied to me. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've got to hear her lie to me. I really, I got to have her tell me. A man was made, whether you believe this or not, was made to have greater discernment. But I want you to listen to this. But discernment must be exercised to grow and even continue in strength. Now, here's what happens, though. When discernment is questioned or discernment is distrusted, it becomes unused discernment, which begins to weaken the leadership of a man because he begins to doubt himself. A man was made to lead, but questioned leadership will devolve into either, now please listen to this, a man was made to lead. Now, I didn't set this, this whole thing up. I really didn't, okay? God did. God set up the structure. And it's amazing to me that, it, that in every area of this world, you go down to the bank down here that I bank at, you know what? They got a guy that, that makes the final decision. He's the bank manager. You, you go down to the, the, the restaurant, they've got a, the, the manager of the store, that, you know, the restaurant that's going to make the final Every organization has somebody that's going to make the final decision, but the world has told us that the home can't have that. Now, the truth is, no two-headed monster functions. But a man <clears throat> was made to lead, but questioned leadership will de-evolve. And watch this now, and this is the reason we have so much trouble in the home. It'll de-evolve into dictatorship. Or it'll evolve into a refusal to lead at all. When leadership is continuously questioned instead of praised, it will eventually, it'll, it'll rise up in one of two heads. It'll either come up and it'll start demanding fellowship. It'll become dictatorship. Or it'll withdraw and say, do what you want to do. A man was made to provide, but a man whose provision is not needed or appreciated will devolve into a man who provides only for himself. Another great issue that we have in the home today, the man that just does it, he spends his money on him. He gets his check and he gets what he wants. God created a man, uh, uh, and woman has the power to recreate that man. God created a man, but doubt and discouragement from his woman recreates a man to be a man led by sin and selfishness. But that man can be recreated. Understand, now watch this now, understand, uh, some of you, there's some married in here, and some of them, you, maybe your spouse is not even in here, but you're probably thinking, women, you're probably thinking, hold on now, I didn't create that guy, I didn't recreate him, he came to me that way. Okay, and I understand that he did, but can I tell you, he came to you that way because of some woman before. Because that's not what God created. But somewhere through his life, you know, you take that same little boy and he's, he's doing that activity and, and he's doing something and he's doing a somersault and he's doing all that. And, and, and you, mama, you praise him and sister, you say, oh, that's so good, man. You're getting so good at that. And he's going to work and work and he's going to get better at it. And he's going to get better at it because he's been praised. But if you look at him and say, would you stop doing that? That's just stupid. 
Oh, he'll probably stop. But he's also going to stop trying in a whole lot of areas. What's going to create inside of him is an anger and a bitterness and that's going to begin to evolve inside of, uh, inside of him. God created man and woman, and woman has the power to help him return to be the man cre- God created him to be. Now I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 through 33. These are those, those scary verses that, that you know, most preachers today just really shy away from but because of the, the society that we live in. But I'm going to read them anyway. Uh, if you go to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 33. Uh, in verses 31 through 33. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. You, you'll find it right there sandwiched in there. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 31 says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. So first of all, let me, uh, let me just show you something. God's about to make a command here in verse 33, but I want you to understand something. There can't be, if, if you have one flesh, you cannot have one that's superior to another. That's an impossibility. So that concept that somehow somebody, because God has placed them in a certain position, that they think or they are superior to the other, that's a lie. You're one flesh. If you're married, you're one flesh. And so there is no superior. That hand's not superior to that hand. We're one flesh. And so it says this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular, listen to this, every one of you in particular, God, God looks at man and he says, every one of you, and watch this, I love the way he does this, he says, every one of you, and yeah, I'm talking about you. That's what he's saying. Every one of you in particular. He said, no, no, I'm not talking to every man in general. He said, I'm talking to every man, and I'm talking about you. Okay, now he says, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And look at this. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now this is a biblical, not just a statement, but a biblical command. This, but here's, here's what we got to understand. This was not an attack against women or verses to make women subservient. These verses we just read, culminating in this final portion of the verse, this is really a method, a remedy, a recipe for a woman to create the man that God wants him to be and she desires him to be. Did you know, ladies, you can create your son to be the man God wants him to be, and you can create your son to be the woman you desire him to be. Uh, wife, you can create the, your man to be the man God wants him to be, and the man that, that you desire him to be. So many see this passage as servitude or subjection or even abuse because we look at this, this word and, and, and we think uh, that, that this, this word reverence is, is just a taboo word. And this word reverence, you know, all the definitions to obey and oh, good night, to obey and, 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 and these uh, to respect even. We looked at it and say, no, you know, if you're going to respect him, he's got to live so I, he deserves my respect. But let, I'm going to give you a little definition here that I believe is very, very important, and I hope this will help you. I believe the best definition that you can have for this, this word that God uh, puts in here that says reverence is this, to believe in him. 
Why would a man abuse this wonderful arrangement that God created and he's given us this command? Most most men that demand submission, they demand submission because it's the only way to have it. You see, you don't have to demand something that's already given. I understand that he may come to you uh, this way, and and I've already said that. I understand he may have come to you with with some issues. He's not what God created him to be. He's been remolded already. But listen to me. God can remold him to be what God created him to be. He can remold him to the image of Christ. If submission is given, there's no reason to demand it. If leadership is respected, then there's no need to seek or demand respect. But the great truth is this, the very word reverence has a negative connotation today. As I said, you know, to say obey, that's almost a cuss word. Respect if he deserves it. But see, this command, if if we say this command is really respect, we have to understand it is the same unconditional command as just before when man is commanded to love his wife unconditionally the same command comes to the woman is to quote respect but my definition to believe in her husband unconditionally if you want to create a man who loves you like you want to be loved who leads you like you desire to be led who walks beside you, not in front of you, who desires to protect and provide for you, then the molding process begins in believing in him. A man will morph into that what you believe him to be. When you believe in him and demonstrate that belief, a man will find confidence to lead rather than push. Please understand this, what I'm trying to say. Just... So many, and I know that, that look, when, I, when Joe Beth and I first got married, uh, there's a miracle that we're still married. You know, I, I came from a farm, amen? I came from the only thing female uh, that we even knew around our, our home was a cow. And listen, we, I knew nothing about being a husband. I knew nothing about uh, how to treat a woman. I knew nothing about, I didn't get saved till I was 20 years old. I was rough. I, I, I fought a little bit. Uh, I, I was in conflict. I was angry. I, I had the most foul mouth that any human being probably has ever had. There's no reason for us to get married. When, when Papa and Anna met me, they didn't say, oh, what a wonderful man. Because I walked in their house with, with a big old afro and a big old beard and, and looked like a freak of the 70s with my stacked shoes and, you know, my silky shirt. My dad, I, that picture is in who's who in American colleges and universities in, in the annual in Memphis State. And I took it to my dad. Half page of me. And I took it to my dad and I showed it to him and I said, Dad, look at that. I'm who's who. And my dad looked at it and said, Son, that's not who's who. That's what's what. <laughs> now, there's no reason... But, but I'm going to tell you this, I, I beg you, when, when we were in conflict and somebody in the church, we just got started in church, and somebody gave my wife a little book, it's called Me, Obey Him, 
uh, a question as a title. And my wife read that book and she got angry as she read it uh, because as she read what the scripture said about how I was supposed to lead the home. I didn't even know I was supposed to lead the home, but she's reading about how I'm supposed to lead the home. You know what she did with that book? She threw it down and said, that's stupid. She got out of conviction. She picked it back up. A few days later, she read it all the way through again. Just a little book. She read it all the way through. You know what she did? Got mad. Threw it down. She came back a few days later, picked it up a third time. Read it the third time. And watch this. She said, okay, I'll do it. This is what she told me. She told God, okay, I'll do it. Just to prove it won't work. She's going to prove God was wrong. I came in one day because she's going she's gonna to follow me now. She's going to, you know, somebody's got to make the decision. I didn't even know I was supposed to make the decision. Now they're teaching me. I've got to make decisions for my family. I don't even know what I'm doing. And so I walked in one day uh, from duty, and I came in about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I walked in, and I said something to her in that little cabin we were in, and I said something to her, some decision I thought we ought to do. And she said, okay. And I looked at her, and I said, what is the deal? She said, I'm obeying. And I, I just began to tear up. And I said, you know what? That means nothing. And I don't know where it came from, but I looked at her and I said, Joe Beth, look, I'm going to make you a promise right now that every decision I make from this point, I'll make the decision that pleases you as long as it won't hurt us. That day I looked at her and I said, you know, you know we're, we're going to get a, an, another car and, and we were hoping maybe spend about $5,000. And I said, I, you know I want a truck and I know you want a car. And I said, so I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, as long as it costs $5,000, I'll get a car. I won't get the truck. I said, but if you want a car that costs $10,000, I'll have to say no because that'll hurt us. I can't pay for it. I can't do it. I said, every decision I make. I sat there as, as, as I said that to her, and I finally, in that conversation, I said to her, I said, Joe Beth, look, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I just know that, that according to the scripture and according to what I'm being taught, I'm supposed to somehow lead this family, and I don't know what I'm doing, but I need you to believe in me because I don't have the confidence to make these decisions. She never said a word. But I had looked at her and I said, yeah, I know you're going to be able to say, I told you so, because I'll make mistakes and because I don't know what I'm doing. A year later, you know, for the next year, she was incredible. I would say, I think we need to do such and such. And she'd say, okay, Rob. One year later, she came to me. And women are like that. You know, they know all those dates and all that kind of stuff. Men don't remember nothing. Because if, if we remember it, then that means we've got to get something for the anniversary. <laughs> but I, I was standing there, I walked in, and she came up and she grabbed me by my arms. She began to cry. She said, one year ago, you told me that I'd be able to say, I told you so. And I thought, that stinking woman, she done made a list. <laughs> Kept a list for a year. I figured she's going to kind of like scroll it out here. And she said, you said, I'd be able to say, I told you so. And I said, yeah. And she looked at me and she said, it's been one year. And I've never seen you make a wrong decision. 
You know, the truth is, I had not made all the right decisions. God gave her different eyes. And that was the beginning of a journey of a woman that day after day encourages me simply because she convinces me that she believes in me. When you believe in him and demonstrate that belief, the man will find security to request rather than demand. I don't have to demand anything with her. I don't have to command. The truth is, is today I look at her and before I make any decision, I actually run it past her and say, give me what you think. And she'll jokingly say, she said, you just want my input so you can know what not to do. <laughs> but you know, I get it. Because we came to a decision, I told her a long time ago, I said, I want your wisdom. And I can get your wisdom as long as you understand that ultimately I'm going to have to pray and be led by God and I will do all of what you say, none of what you say, or some of what you say. So, but I've got to make one of those three decisions. As long as you are okay with that, then we can discuss everything. And that's the way we work. The confidence to lead my family, protect my family, provide my family comes from two great sources. My walk with God. The more I understand who I am in Christ, as Mike preached about recently, the greater my confidence to fight the spiritual battles I must face. But also the second thing is my wife's belief in me. The more I believe my wife believes in me the greater confidence I have to fight the daily battles of life, to make the daily decisions of life that I must face. Most of you know that I was sick four and a half years ago, pretty rough situation. But most don't know that about 25, 30 years ago, I was sick for about a 10-year span of time. My daughter would know that. She's about the only one that knows and it was horrible. Even the people I worked with really didn't know it because my wife guarded me, guarded me, kept it from them knowing. She did so much. She became a, a father and a mother to our children for years. I would sleep sometimes 18 hours and get up and, and maybe have a bite to eat and, and then sleep 12, 14 more hours and 20 times in one year, at some different venue, I passed out. I was cutting my grass one time, and I just, she found me out there beside the mower. Out playing with the kids on the merry-go-round and out in the park behind our house, and she found me collapsed. The girls go running back in because daddy's passed out. 20 times. My eyes jaunted, and my skin all yellowed, and at one time, I went through a three-and-a-half-week period where I, I lost 26 pounds, and I, everything that I tried to eat, either I vomited back up or it ran through me. It was torment. I got to the point where I began to pray, God, please let me die so that my children can have a daddy and so my wife could have a husband. 
but I'm in the ministry today because a little girl that had to live through a living hell, trying to be a mom and a daddy, trying to keep a ministry going so that nobody would know her husband was too sick to do hardly anything. Time and time again, she would sit beside my bed. She would hold my hand. And she would say to me, Rob, I believe in you. God's going to use you. God's going to use you. And somehow I'd find just enough strength to go on another day. She has molded me into what God wanted me to be through her belief in me, through her trust in me. Ladies, you can do that for a brother, for a son, for a father for a husband. You can help him to come out of being one who demands and commands and threatens to one who looks and says, we got to make a decision. What do you think, babe? If you'll just let him. And when he makes the decision, praise him. Praise him. When we found out about Candace there in, Can in Kansas while we were there, we found out this happened as a night when we drove in, and it was a horrible situation. Honestly, we didn't know if Candace or the baby had lived through most of the night. And it began to find a ticket for her to fly there, trying to get her there as fast as I could. And the only thing is is she... Forgot her driver's license back here at home. We bought the ticket and then found out she didn't have her driver's license. She said, I can't go. And I said, no, hold on. I called Mike and I said, send me the picture of her driver's license. Send me a picture of her passport. Everybody I talked to said, there's no way they'll let her on that plane. I called the airlines and said, would you help us? Is there any way possible... And she said, if you talk real good and show them what you have, and five minutes before the plane was take off, my wife was approved through security with no ID. You know what she said to me? Rob, I don't know what I'd do without you. I don't know what I'd do without you. Of course, I said, I know what you'd do. You'd marry somebody with money. <laughs> Please, ladies, I know we're not what we're supposed to be. I know we men have so many rough edges that weren't the way God molded us. 
But if you would believe in us, this little thing. Do you know why I'm pastoring this church and and I feel like God's blessing? I'll be honest with you, because a bunch of people in this church has convinced me they believe in me. I kept telling them, I don't know what I'm doing. And you've made me believe. You believe in me. It's amazing what we can do if somebody believes in us. And ladies, any man in your life, you'll find, you'll be amazed at what he becomes if you'll believe in him. Father, I pray that you'd bless here today.